You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Yes, we're off and running on this Friday, May 22nd. What is going on? How's everybody doing? How's everybody living? We've made it to the weekend again. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Hopefully everybody doing well on this Friday. Of course, you know the deal. One hour. We run through it all. We take you up until 6 o'clock. The number, you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question up and running for today. And we will get to that in a little bit. But uh, obviously, we always start the show with all the big headline And the big headline yesterday. Oh, my goodness. It's really one of the headlines. I don't know why. Every single day, Dak Prescott. Oh, my God, something happened with Dak Prescott. Oh, my God. Every day, I mean, every day there's conversations about Dak. I would feel like if I were Dak Prescott, I would turn on the TV some days and be like, God, guys, enough. Where does he rank? Can you win a Super Bowl with him? Is he top five? Is he top ten? Should the Cowboys do this? Should the Cowboys... Dak Prescott every single day. So yesterday, obviously, it was a huge deal because there was actually a report about some actual news. It wasn't just the same conversations that all these shows are having day after... I wish one time one person on one of these shows would say, haven't we already talked about this? Can't we go? Is there nothing else going on outside of Dak Prescott that we can talk about every day? They, I mean, it's it's amazing. So yesterday there was a, rep- uh, a report from Bleacher Report that Dak Prescott, oh my God, hold on to your hats, guys, had turned down a contract that would have made him the highest paid player in the league. Oh my God. So then two things happened. The first thing that happened actually was the more important thing that happened. That report was shot down by all the NFL info guys. First and foremost, Adam Schefter shot it down. But other organizations, news organizations shot it down too. It's not true. But then the second thing that happened was that Twitter ignored all of that. They didn't care <laughs> that it wasn't true. They just went crazy about how Dak is not top five. That's top five money. They're going to make him the highest money. Oh, my Lord. Uh, guys, do you care that the report is not true? No, I have this clown gift that I need to tweet out first before we get to people. Here's the deal. Dak Prescott is going to be the Cowboys quarterback. And at some point, this is not even this is not controversial at all. Maybe that, that I shouldn't be leading with it. At some point, he's going to almost certainly get a new contract, and that contract is almost certainly going to make him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And then, you know what will happen? In like maybe a year or so, someone else will get a new contract, and that person will be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. That's just the way it works. And you know what will happen? The world will just keep on spinning. It's not that big a deal. But people will make it that big a deal. 
So there you go. There's your Dak Prescott. We led right away with the latest on Dak. Here's the latest on Dak Prescott. I wish one time one of these shows would be like, here's the latest on Dak Prescott. Nothing has changed. And then the talking heads would all just go into their pre-play. Well, I don't think he's top five. Oh, my. It makes your head spin. You know what also makes your head spin? Whether or not we're going to have sports back. According to Sports Illustrated, the NBA's plan is focusing on not just returning. That is surprising enough. But there was a report yesterday from Mike Fisher that at least on the front burner right now, the NBA would like to return with regular season games. Who saw that coming? Regular season. Who's ready for the Knicks to resume their season? Raise your hand. Yeah, it looks like they want to actually return with regular season games. So you'd say to yourself, why would they want to return to regular season games when it's tough enough to get any games in? Well, the NBA, according to the report, wants to play 70 regular season games because several teams' TV contracts are tied to the fact that they play 70 regular season games. Now, the situation is obviously still fluid. There's nothing set in stone. But if they were to return to play regular season games, that that would happen in July. If they can't, for whatever reason, return in July, and they can't return until August, well, then they would be focused on just simply the playoffs. So here is Adrian Wojnarowski on Get Up yesterday saying that teams are going to have to have some incentives to play. Here's Woj. And I think the biggest uh – conversation going on among players and teams are how many teams are going to have an opportunity to jump into the playoffs, into those 16 teams. What would a potential play-in tournament look like? Because, Greeny, they've got to incentivize teams to come back to play their key players, uh, to be motivated, and to get fans' interest in this. And that could be at the cost of teams like Memphis and Dallas and Orlando you know, seven, eight seeds, you know, who have, you know, have a pretty good distance between them and the rest of uh, nine, ten and on in the in the uh, conference seedings. And they've outplayed those teams significantly, but might have to still play more to get into the postseason. All right. So there's Woj from Get Up yesterday. And what would the return look like for the NBA? Adam Silver wants to have seven game series in the playoffs. He doesn't want to have shortened series early on. Uh, he wants to try to legitimize the champion as much as he can. I think the biggest uh, conversation going on among players and teams are how many teams are going to have an opportunity to jump into the playoffs, into those 16 teams. What would a potential play-in tournament look like? Because, Greeny, they've got to incentivize teams to come back to play their key players, uh, to be motivated, and to get fans' interest in this. I think the fan interest would would pop up right away. I mean, there's plenty of NBA fans that uh, are desperate. I mean, sports fans are desperate for anything right now outside of golf and NASCAR. I mean, look, uh, you know, the NFL draft showed you that. That was not even NFL games, but uh, NFL players being picked. And, and there was pl- certainly uh, if the NBA were to come out today and say, OK, this is when we are going to restart and this is the way we are going to restart. Uh, they have lots of issues to work through, but fan interest, I do not think, is uh, one of them. All right, so there's been this conversation that has gone back and forth. Who returns first? Will it be Major League Baseball, which wouldn't be a return, but would be a start? Or will the NBA return? NBA, 
MLB, MLB, NBA, when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, running from out of the back with a steel chair in their hand, apparently, here comes the NHL. Yes, yes, the NHL. Who would have thunk it? Pierre Lebron tweeted yesterday the NHLPA's executive board is in the process of voting on a 24-team return-to-play format. Voting could spill over into tomorrow, which would be uh, today, as he tweeted out this yesterday. Um, should know the results tomorrow night. So it would be 24 teams. Uh, the top four seeds from each conference would get buys, and then the rest of the teams would be uh, playing there uh, in, in the first round. The play-in round is best of five. rest of the playoffs would be best of seven, much like the NBA. Looks like there would be a couple of hub cities where the games would be played. Some of the locales would be uh, that have been suggested. Vegas would be one. Uh, a Canadian city would be the other. I don't know what the uh, ice situation. I've heard that that has been uh, would be, have to be a factor if you're playing in Vegas in July. And the date that has been floated there, at least tentatively, was July 6th. Uh, and that something could come here before too long. Here is Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet, NHL insider, talking about the NHL's plan to return could include a play-in tournament. It's 5-12, 6-11, 7-10, 8-9, and it will be bracketed. So, you know, you're a big NCAA tournament basketball fan. In the NCAA tournament, the 8-9 winner plays one. The 7-10 winner plays two. The 6-11 winner plays three. And the uh, 5-12 winner plays four. All right. There you go. There's a whole bunch of <laughs> maybe the most uh, informative cut there. But, okay, there's a whole bunch of numbers for you. All right. So good job by the NBA. Good job by the NHL. If this is actually going to happen, we shall see what the results of the vote are and what the other steps are. But good job to Gary Bettman. I mean, it seemed kind of silly when Bettman was saying, well, you know, we have not uh, ruled out a return. We have not even, th I think what he was saying was they had not even contemplated canceling the season. And like everything else, things could be taken out of their hands. But you at least at this point have to say, congratulations. They have kept working hard despite being, you know, both the NBA and NHL, maybe the NHL even more so, being in the toughest spot, getting the, your sport shut down in the middle of the season. In the middle of this pandemic, you know, they didn't rush to some decision they didn't need to make at the time, even though there are plenty of people who would have praised them at the time if they did. And then those same people would have crushed the leagues if they had decided to, uh, you know, cancel the season at that time where things looked at their darkest. Uh, and those same people would have been crushing them right now as a result of a decision they made back then, even though those same people would have been praising that decision. So good job, NHL. Good job, NBA. And then there's Major League Baseball. Yeah, what's going on there? It's been 24 hours since we talked, right? And they're really kind of under the gun. They got to get something done here, right? They got to get moving. So what's happening? Nothing. Nothing. The Associated Press reported yesterday the Players Association did give MLB a response to the health protocols that the league proposed. So, hey, look, that's something. That's not nothing. Players, according to the report, viewed many of the concepts in the original draft as over-the-top, such as arriving in uniform to the ballpark and a prohibition on players leaving without team permission 
and a ban on guests and other immediate family members. Players also objected to a ban on the use of showers and uh, hydrotherapy. Well, look, uh, there's a lot of things to work out, not to diminish the uh, the importance of the health protocols. But I would think even as um, tough of a relationship as the MLBPA and the Major League Baseball owners have, that cooler heads, even as as disgruntled as both sides can be with the other side, uh, I would think that cooler heads can prevail and come up with a list of things, especially if you are leaning on the advice of medical professionals, right? Like if the owners are coming up with these rules, which do seem kind of over the top, you can't take a shower after a game or any of these things, uh, if they were to bring in health experts to you know, relay the information and and the reason why these rules are in place it's for the, the health and safety of the players. I think the cooler heads can prevail there and come up with a reasonable solution that works for both sides. Of course, that's not real. It's the it, it's important. I'm not saying it's not important. And you have to you have to agree on whatever health protocols you want to put in place. But the bigger issue, the one that's really the stumbling block is the economic issues right and mlb according to reports expected to make the the hard economic proposal to the union within a few days and mlb hopes to uh, start the season in july as we all know and uh yeah look guys no rush when whenever you get around to it don't put any pressure on yourself take your time it's not like the clock is ticking we have all the time in the world no worries no rush take your time Oh, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating as a baseball fan. You see, you know, you want sports back. You want all the sports back. I want the NBA back. I'm not the biggest hockey fan in the world, but I'd like life back to normal as as much as possible. So if the NHL can return, you know, I check out the hockey playoffs from time to time. I'd be interested in it, especially because as I sit here right now, it's seeming less and less likely that there'll be a Major League Baseball season. So I'll have some free time on my hands. But it's just so frustrating as a baseball fan. You see these leagues being run and and overcoming the obstacles they have to to try to put a season in place. And yet here's Major League Baseball just bringing up the rear, tripping over their own feet at every single turn when they have such a an amazing opportunity. And you realize, everyone realizes if Major League Baseball does not have a season this year, if they don't have a season no matter what, uh, I think that they'll get crushed. But if they don't have a season and the NBA and NHL do, well then, I mean, all bets are off. The amount of criticism that will be heaped upon them will be uh, overwhelming and will be completely justified. Completely justified. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Coming up, we have all been discussing, now that the last dance is over, who, what should be the next subject for a documentary season, season, series, I should say. Uh, well, we have our answer. We got our answer yesterday. So we'll touch on that. The poll question, which is up for today on Twitter at Gordon Dammer, is focused on Jamal Adams and the Jets. Oh my goodness. The, the contract negotiations have stalled. Tensions are rising. Jamal wants a deal done yesterday. And of course, the Jets, no rush for them. So our poll question, which is up for today, is which side are you on? Do you want them, the Jets to uh, cut the check, or do you want Jamal to cool his Jets? That's the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. A lot of stuff to do today. 
We have uh, now tabbed Friday as the day for our net picks and chill review. So I have a couple of shows for you that we'll review today. I did see a couple things yesterday that had to make, that made me laugh uh, before we get to the poll question. One, this report that the Nets have looked into a trade for Bradley Beal since that time that uh, Kyrie Irving uh, during the season, which feels like it was about two years ago now, uh, said that the Nets need to get better skill players. What leadership, huh? Uh, the, the Nets had looked into deals for, you know, to bring in somebody who would uh, compliment both KD if he, you know, if he returns this year or not, uh, and Kyrie if he returns at some point or not. Uh, it's interesting to me that remember when Kyrie and KD came here? What was one of the things they, well, you know, we just love the culture that the Nets are building here. This culture. Culture. They love that term. Culture. Oh, the culture. The guys who came here for the, what would that culture then be, right? Like Kenny Atkinson, they threw him over the side as, as quickly as they could. And now if they were to investigate a deal for Bradley Beal, not that Washington would make it. Beal has been on record for a while as saying he doesn't want to leave Washington. And for the Wizards, I, I, if you trade Bradley Beal, John Wall's not going to be all that happy. And uh, he's signed for forever, it seems like. So I don't know that it really makes any sense for them. But just from a Nets point of view, I mean, you'd have to kind of gut the rest of the team. And big parts of the team that were supposedly part of the part of the culture, right? Spencer Dinwiddie, Levert would probably have to be part of the deal. I've seen Jared Allen's name floated out there. But ah, that culture. It's big. It's big, big, big. Uh, then the back page of the Daily News today has Frank Gore who, you know, just got here, and he's now looking forward to being part of a team in the wide-open AFC East, right? Tom Brady's gone, after all. Yes, because that's what's been holding the Jets back from winning division titles, just the mere presence of Tom Brady. A Jets team that's missed the playoffs, what, nine years in a row, right? Is it nine years? I think it's nine. Maybe it's eight. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm sliding them a year. Either way. They've got 21 wins over the last four years. I'm not a math whiz, but I know that's, that averages to be slightly more than five a year. Even playing Tom Brady twice a year, that doesn't make you a playoff team. So just because Tom Brady is gone, the issue surrounding the Jets winning division titles has not really been Tom Brady as much as it had been the Jets have not been very good. In fact, the, the other three teams in the AFC East during Tom Brady's reign here, at least over the last 10 years, have not been very good. And that's why they haven't won. It's not because of Tom Brady. It's not because of Bill Belichick, per se. It's because they stunk themselves. They stunk all by themselves. It really didn't have a lot to do uh, necessarily with Tom Brady. But then, of course, that's not the only issue surrounding the Jets. And our poll question, which is up for today, it's on Twitter, at Gordon Damer is all about Jamal Adams. It feels like every couple of weeks, it's been a little while now because uh, it seems like the last time it kind of popped up was around the draft, but now it's popped up again. Jamal Adams apparently not very happy that he has not gotten the long-term contract extension that he has been hoping for. And you'd have to assume that the, the, the stories are coming out are from his side, right? Because nothing has happened. It's pretty clear the Jets are in no rush to, to sign him to a contract extension. 
So you'd have to assume that all these reports are coming from Jamal Adams' side, that he wants the deal done. And now apparently the tensions are rising. So our poll question is, Adams wants the deal done. The Jets are in no rush. So which side are you on? Do you want to cut the check for Adams right now? Or do you want to tell Jamal Adams, you know what, look, cool your Jets. And I think that the conversation, it's still kind of focused on this somewhat, uh, at least in terms of uh, sports talk shows. I think the conversation about whether or not the Jets are are thinking about or, or would entertain offers for Jamal Adams in terms of a trade, I think that that has pretty much sailed. I think that, that, that if they were going to deal Jamal Adams, I think that that would have happened. I'm not saying it can't happen down the road, but I don't think that that, that it's for, it's on the front burner or really that it's on any burner right now. The only question really is, are you going to sign him now or are you going to sign him later? And for all the conversations about, you know, the importance of a safety, the fact that the Jets are rebuilding it still and, you know, I think that those are all conversations that you could have had. Like, if you're worried about the safety position and rebuilding your team, isn't that a conversation you t- you have before using the sixth overall pick on a safety? So Jamal Adams has been everything that you could have asked for with that sixth pick. Now, you you can have a conversation of whether or not it's a, it, that position, no matter how great you are, uh, is worthy of the sixth overall pick in the draft, and in hindsight – as great as Jamal Adams is, uh, I think that you would go back if you had to do it all over again and maybe use that pick on a more important position, especially considering some of the guys that were taken uh, after Jamal Adams. But that's that's a, that's another conversation that's not really pertinent right now because we don't have time machines as much as we'd love to. We don't have time machines. So uh, th- the real conversation is whether you are going to pay Jamal Adams now or whether you're going to you're going to put it off. And uh, in terms of the poll question, we'll see what the results are by the end of it. I think that the only reasonable position to be in at this point is to cool your jets. Cool your jets because there's no pressure on the jets to sign him. Now look, he will be unhappy about it, and I'm sure that he will do what he can to try to 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 create leverage in his situation. But there's not really much leverage that can be gained, right? So he can sit out the uh, the Zoom meetings, right? He's not taking part in the off-season uh, meetings and stuff like that as a side of protest. Okay, fine. And when training camp comes around, maybe if there is training camp and it's a normal training camp, maybe that will also play a factor, that he'll sit out that as well. But it almost feels like for people who are saying, well, you got to get this done now, you don't want to have any bad feelings later. Well, once you sign him, and I don't doubt that the Jets are going to sign him to a long-term extension at some point. I don't think it's going to happen this year, mainly because they can control the situation for two more years, right? They already picked up his fifth-year option. They've basically got two years to kind of come up with something. And I'm, I'm not saying it's going to come down to the wire in year five. I think at this point next year is when you start looking for the Jets to get something done. He is an important player. He's a foundational player for for them. He's an all-pro player. There's no question about his talent or his uh, his you know, his impact. Uh but I don't think that there's any rush to do anything right now. And when he does eventually get re-signed, I think that that will take care of the unhappiness or the bit I don't think there's any going to be any bitterness. I think that this is all a way for him to speed up the process so that it happens sooner rather than later. I don't think that when he eventually gets signed, assuming he gets signed by the Jets here in a year from now or, you know, give or take, 
I don't think that there's a, there's going to be any uh, ill will. It's all about trying to force the issue sooner rather than later. And I get it. For football, I, I don't. I will not begrudge Jamal Adams. I don't begrudge any NFL player, really any athlete anywhere. They have a very short window, especially NFL players, to to make as much money as they can, and they should, especially in a sport where there's no guaranteed contracts, they should force the issue as much as possible. But if I were the Jets, I can I can understand their position, and there is no there is no rush because what's Jamal Adams going to do? Is he going to sit out games? No, of course not. He's not going to do something to hurt his value. And his value is to the team. And it's also to himself. So I, I don't see any reason why the Jets would be in a rush here. to, for, Especially considering, I mean, do we know what the NFL season is going to look like? We, we all kind of are hoping and expecting that the NFL season, even if it's delayed, will get into you know, get, get off to some sort of a normal start and, and take place at a normal time, even if it's pushed back a little bit. But there's so much uncertainty. Why would you be rushing into making a decision that you don't need to make right now? So you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Coming up, we'll get your phone calls involved, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Also, did you see this, um, this obit? This obituary that's kind of gone viral. This is the way you should want to live your life. So I'll give you that coming up. Also, the answer to the question, right, we had after the last dance ended on Sunday about who's the the subject going to be of the next documentary series. Well, we got our answer yesterday. And I got to be honest, I'm not, uh, I don't know. It's all about the execution, obviously. But in terms of just the subject, when I heard it, I said, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm feeling that one. But we'll uh, tell you who it is coming up. my delivery route today and I see this little kid chasing my truck trying to flag me down he's like excuse me excuse me so I pull over I'm like hey man what's up he's like can you mail something for me I was like yeah sure and he runs in his house he comes back out and he goes hey sir do you know the pro skater Tony Hawk I was like yeah I know who he is he goes can you mail this to him and this is what it was he says get this to Tony Hawk for me Uh, tell him it's from Cooper and I just thought it was adorable. His mom comes outside and, and kind of winks and was like, yeah, make sure you get it to Tony Hawk. Obviously, I can't mail it to Tony Hawk. I don't know Tony Hawk's address. But the least I could do was put it out there in the universe. So, Tony, if you see this, Cooper in Suwannee, Georgia is a big fan. Um, maybe you can give him a shout out. And the next time I drive by his house, I'll show him the video and it'll probably make his whole life. Hey, Cooper, what's up? It's Tony Hawk, and I just want to say thank you so much for the skateboard. It's on its way to my house already, and uh, as a thank you gift, I'm going to send you my skateboard, this one right here that I'm riding. All right? Thanks, buddy. I hope to meet you sometime. All right, so there you go. This uh, this FedEx driver, Mikhail Farrar, who works in uh, Georgia, he gets this kid come up to him and say, hey, mail this, uh, this skateboard of mine to Tony Hawk, and uh, the guy puts it up on his TikTok account, and sure enough, somehow... He, uh, the word gets back to Tony Hawk, who, um, <laughs> sends him his own skate. I don't know. I feel like at first I thought that this was an adorable story and fantastic and all the good stuff in the world. Now part of me is feeling like this set, this has set up this six year old for a completely unrealistic view of the world. Here's this kid who, you know, probably just thought about it while he was skateboarding. 
hey, you know what? Send this out to Tony Hawk. He has this, this poor FedEx driver who, you know, did the nice thing. And now this kid is going to completely, you know, what's next? Next week he's going to be playing uh, baseball. And hey, send this bat off to Aaron Judge. And then what happens? Aaron Judge might not get the word, and, and then Aaron Judge is the bad guy. I don't know. I feel like this has set this kid up for failure. Maybe this, maybe we should not be highlighting this at all. But there you go, your moment of inspiration for this uh, Friday morning. Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Our poll question is up for today. It's on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, and it's all about Jamal Adams. Should the Jets sign him now? Should they wait? You can vote on that. After the uh, latest contract uh, talks have uh, stalled, apparently. I don't know if they've stalled in the Jets' eyes. I think that they're going right according to plan for the Jets. They've stalled in the eyes of Jamal Adams, who <laughs> wants them uh, done right now. We'll get to the calls in just a second at one eight hundred nine one nine espn But uh, we got our answer yesterday, right? We've all been kind of debating since the last dance ended who is going to be the subject or what is going to be the subject of the next big uh, documentary series. And turns out it is going to be Tom Brady documentary, nine part documentary called The Man in the Arena. And it's coming out next year. Now, he is going to be a producer on it. So it's not going to really be digging up anything uncomfortable or digging up any dirt that he does not want you to know. I think the issue that I have with it and look, Brady and the Patriots, I think is a good comparison uh, in terms of their importance and their excellence in relation to the 90s Bulls, I think the issue that you have is that unless you're a fan of Brady, you probably don't like the Patriots and you don't like him. Now, that might have been true of Jordan, too. But Jordan's been retired long enough that enough time has passed for you to be nostalgic of that time and maybe of that player or maybe not of the player, but certainly of the time. Those scars with Jordan are not fresh. They might be deep, but they're not fresh. I think the problem with Brady is is that he's when this comes out, he is more than likely still going to be playing, right? It's going to come out, I think, uh, around this time next year. So I, I don't think that you're going to be nostalgic of Brady and the Patriots. Now, if it had been 20 years from now, uh, maybe that might be the case. Maybe it will never be the case. But I think that then you would have a, a better uh, feel for and, and more interest in it than something that's taking place while he's still playing. And unless you're a Buccaneers fan, I don't even know if you're a Buccaneers fan, do you have an interest in a Tom Brady documentary where almost all of the highlights are certainly going to be of a time where he did not play for your team? I think you're going to have to be a Patriot fan. And if you're not a Patriot fan, I think you probably despise the Patriots or at least don't like them. You know, they're a very polarizing team. And while Jordan was polarizing in his time, his time has kind of uh, been passed for a while now. So uh, that's the one issue that I would have with the documentary. But, you know, nine parts. There's certainly enough stuff to pick through there. The relationship, the draft, right? The fact that he's a sixth round pick and, and all the success and stepping in for Bledsoe and all the storylines that you've kind of uh, gone through before. I, I just don't know. That one aspect of it, I think, might hold it back a little bit in my eyes. In my eyes. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go out to the uh, phones this morning, and Nick is in the car. Nick, what's going on? Hey, Gordon. First time, long time. Um, just wanted to say I'm a diehard Jets fan, and I love Jamal Adams, but I couldn't agree with the Jets' front office more not giving him the contract right now. I mean, he's a great player. He balled out for us last year, but just just ball out one more year, and, and we'll pay you big. 
ne- the next year coming, you know, like that's, that's all you could want as, as a fan and an office. Just ball off for us one more year and we'll, we'll pay you the amount of money that you deserve. And also, yeah, and, and on, unfortunately, on that's just kind of the system that the NFL has. I don't think it's necessarily the fairest system, but it is the system. And I think it's the system for Jamal too. I agree. And just quick on, on Tom Brady as well. Um, I went to college in Massachusetts and all my friends are, are P- Patriots fans. So when this dropped yesterday about the Tom Brady doc, I brought it up to them and, I personally probably won't won't even watch an episode of it because of just my hatred for for the Patriots. But all they they both said too that um they they don't agree because he's not retired yet. It's a little too soon for the documentary, and the only reason that they're probably going to watch it is just to relive all those amazing moments that they said. But um, they really don't even agree that that it should be done now. It's it's a little too early. So yeah, I, I a little just too fresh. To get your take. Yeah, no, I, Nick, I absolutely agree. I think that uh, for a player like that. I think you need a little bit of time to to pass before you're ready to look back on something that is, for most fans, going to be painful, right? Like, maybe you're not an AFC East fan, but if you're a fan of the, you know, outside of the Giants, um, you know, most teams did not have much success against Brady and the Patriots. So I don't know how, how willing people... Now, 20 years from now, you might want to look back on that time and you will be nostalgic for it, but you can't be nostalgic while it's still going on. That kind of defeats the purpose. That's that. That's the. It's the opposite of the definition. So, but yeah, in terms of Adams, it's not about. I don't even think it's about. I think most people realize it's not about proving anything for another year. It's just about that. You know, most people get signed in that fourth year, and I think one of the things you like about um, Joe Douglas is the hope that he is going to run this organization the right way. And most teams realize that you're not going to sign somebody three years into a contract when you still have two more years of control. Really have more than that because of the franchise tag and all those kind of things. There is a, there is a, there's a balance there. I don't think that you want to, you know, be franchising him down the road. I think you want to reward him with the long-term contract, but it has to be in the right, you know, the right, the right time of it. And there's no rush for the Jets. And they're not operating. So there's plenty of reasons and plenty of moves that you can criticize the Jets about. I don't think that their approach on this one is one of them. The poll question up on uh, Twitter, at Gordon Damer, and at least so far, uh, more Jet fans. I, maybe it's not just Jet fans. Maybe it's it's people who are rooting against the Jets. They wanted to sign uh, Jamal Adams right now. Sign him to a huge deal. But uh, that's our poll question for today. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Dammer. Do you want the uh, Jets to uh, cut the check for Jamal Adams right now, or do you want him to uh, cool his Jets as the contract talks have stalled, at least uh, from Jamal Adams' point of view? I don't think they've stalled. I think they're going according to plan perfectly uh, for the Jets. But uh, I saw this thing yesterday. Have you seen this obit that's kind of gone viral? This guy, Randall Jacobs passed away uh, in Phoenix at the age of 65. So I guess it was nephew wrote this obit. I don't know. I, I saw it on Twitter. I don't remember originally where I saw it, you know, what account it came from. But like when you when when it's our time, this is the kind of obit I think that you want to be written about you. This is just the opening paragraph of it. It's very long. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But this is you, you talk about painting a word picture This paints a work picture. Randall Jacobs of Phoenix dies at the age of 65, having lived a life that would have sent a lesser man to his grave decades earlier. His friends called him RJ, but to his family, he was Uncle Bunky, a.k.a. the Bunkster. He told his last joke, which cannot be printed here. 
on May 4th, 2020. It's much longer than that. But so this, I don't know where it got picked up originally, but it goes viral, right? His nephew, who I think wrote the open, I'm pretty sure, then shared some stories on Twitter. My favorite one was this one. One time he tried to pick me up from elementary school in his 70s-era Buick LeSabre, a.k.a. the Sled. As soon as you know that there's an uncle who has a nickname of Uncle Bunky, you know that guy is someone who names his car, right? A.k.a. the Sled, by revving the engine and hollering expletives out the window. The kids were so terrified, they asked a teacher to make sure I wasn't getting kidnapped. I mean, that Godspeed Uncle Bunky. Of course, the way these things go, it probably won't be long before before somebody uh, digs up some dirt on this poor guy. Uh, The other one that I thought was very funny, on my last day of fourth grade before my folks got home from work, he played me a cassette of Alice Cooper's Schools Out on my boombox, and then we shot a potato out of a homemade PVC pipe cannon fueled by Krylon fumes. you, You talk about painting a word picture. God love Uncle Bunky. So some excellent writing there. But now we turn, because we're running out of time already, uh, to our net picks and chills pick for this week. Now, I said that that was some excellent writing. We have one recommendation for this week. And we used to do this on Saturday, but with the Saturday shows uh, not running right now, we'll pick this up on Friday. Uh, one recommendation this week, one, I guess, condemnation this week, one thumbs down, one thumbs up. The thumbs down, let's do the thumbs down first, because I think I actually felt stronger about the, th- <laughs> the thumbs down. Then the Thumbs Up show. It's a new show on Netflix called Outer Banks. Your brain would have to be located in the outer limits to think that this was a good show. I'm sure, though, there are somebody that thinks that this is a good show. So what's the show about? Here is the description from IMDb. A group of teenagers from the wrong side of the tracks stumble upon a treasure map that unearths a long-buried secret. A treasure map. Now you're wondering to yourself, well, does this take place in the 1600s? No, no. This is modern day. A treasure map. Because that's a, that's an experience we all have, right? A nice treasure map. You read, you read all the time in the newspaper about kids over, you know, uh, uh, coming upon, uh, coming upon a treasure map and having a wacky adventure. Uh, I was actually reading about Netflix. Because it's a streaming service, they would rather have 13 episodes of like a C-plus show than, say, like six episodes of like an A-plus show. You want It's a service, right? So the longer people are using it, the better. So you want to have more episodes. And I think that that's a problem that a lot of shows on streaming services run into. They would be better off if they cut – you wonder sometimes, why didn't they cut down some of these ep- – this episode kind of goes here and there. They'd be better off cutting off the fat. This is not one of those shows. There's no fat to cut off. This is just a bad show. It's really, really bad. And if it had been like a little bit more preposterous, just a slight more, I might have recommended it just as like a Mystery Science 3000 kind of way, just to like mock it. The best description I heard of Outer Banks was, it's Ozark meets the OC, but it's a worse show than both of them. That is a perfect description. It's a terrible show. The Outer Banks, which was actually ranked one of the days, you know how they do the rankings now on Netflix? Uh, I think it was ranked like the third most watched show. <laughs> and I guess it's just out of morbid curiosity and quarantine, right? Like you have to watch something. You have to be looking at something. So I think you could find – you could throw a dart out a window and hit a show that's better than Outer Banks. 
And that brings us to our recommendation for this week, the Thumbs Up Review. It is uh, from Amazon Prime. It's called Upload. It's from Greg Daniels, who's one of the creators of Parks and Rec. And it's a comedy show, but it's also a little bit of a mystery show. It takes place in the future. Uh, and it's it's actually kind of a ripoff of a, of a Black Mirror episode that when you die, humans can choose to be uploaded into like this virtual afterlife when they find themselves near death. Now, that's the key, near death. You can't be dead. You have to be near death, and you choose this afterlife. And if you have a lot of money, you can choose a really good one. So it's a comedy. If you're a fan of The Office or Parks and Rec, he created Parks and Rec. So it's got a little bit of a, 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 the show from NBC, Good Place, has a little bit of that vibe. It's just one season, but it is really, really bingeable. Like, you get done with one episode, and you want the next episode. And most of the episodes are... I would say under a half hour, you know, they're like 26 minutes, so you can really rip through. It's 10 episodes long, but uh, it's 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 really enjoyable. It's maybe not, you know, not a perfect show, but it's got some laughs. It sets up things pretty well, and the mystery aspect of it I kind of liked as well because I'm not going to give anything away, but you're kind of wondering, you know, where's this story going? And they, they give you a lot of different plots to work through at the beginning, and then they kind of come through together uh, by the end of it. And by the, the time the 10th episode was done, you absolutely want season two. So there you go. All right, it's the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. To get back into the headlines of the day, we're not just going to do TV shows. Uh, the big headline yesterday for most people was about Dak Prescott, that there was this report from Bleacher Report that he has turned down a contract that would have made him the highest paid quarterback. And, of course, people went into a tizzy right away. Never mind the fact that that report was then later shot down by the likes of uh, Adam Schefter and and uh, Ian Rappaport. But here's the deal about Dak Prescott. And this this will stand the test of time until something actually changes, which not much has changed, right? Like, he he could very well play under the franchise tag this year. They might work out a contract extension before the deadline, which is not until July. I think it's July 15th, mid-July. So nothing's probably going to get done on that until around July 15th. But here's the deal. Dak Prescott is going to be the Cowboys quarterback. That is true. At some point, he is almost certainly going to get a contract extension. And when he gets that contract extension... It's almost certainly going to make him the highest paid quarterback in the league. That has nothing to do with where you think he's ranked, where you think, if you think he's elite, if you don't think he's elite. Those things are going to happen. And when they do, while everyone will have their opinion, the world will keep spinning. So that's all you really need to know about the Dak Prescott situation. And you don't need to get all fired up, even though these shows every single day, it seems like we've got to mine the Dak Prescott situation to, uh, to find out some new information when new, no new information is there in terms of things that there are actually some new information. Well, how about sports returning? Sports Illustrated, a report yesterday, the NBA is not just focusing on returning with the playoffs, but they're actually, at least right now, as things stand, looking to play regular season games when they return, assuming that they can return in July. Mike Fisher of Sports Illustrated reports that the NBA wants to play 70 regular season games. Why 70? Well, because several teams' TV contracts are tied to playing 70 regular season games. Now, the situation is still fluid. There's nothing set in stone. But if they can return in July, 
that is what the plan would be. If it can't happen for whatever reason, if they can't return until, say, August, well, then they would probably be just focused on the playoffs. So that's the NBA story. The MLB story remains kind of the same. And we've been having this conversation. There's been a lot of focus on what return. Does the NBA return first? Does MLB? There's this opportunity sitting out there for one of these sports leagues to be able to really have more attention than ever before, maybe, if they can get back up and running during the pandemic. And it's been this conversation, MLB, NBA, NBA, MLB. Well, all of a sudden yesterday, out of out of the clear blue sky, and maybe it's because I don't focus on it that much, here comes the NHL. Yeah, the NHL is looking to return too. Pierre Lebrun uh, reported that the NFLPA's executive board was in the process of voting on a return that would have a 24-team tournament. Now, the voting results won't be known probably until maybe today, maybe sometime this weekend. But the 24-team playoff uh, would have the top four seeds from each conference get buys. And then, you know, you would seed it 5 through 12, 6, 11, 7, 10. And the play-in round, the best of five would be the first round. And then after that, it would be a best of seven. They would, you know, much like the NBA, be playing in a couple of specific cities. Vegas has been floated. A Canadian city has been floated. And the tentative date, they actually have a tentative date of July 6th. So for the NHL, which is always number four, right? We always debate, you know, number one is obviously the NFL. Number two, is it Major League Baseball? Is it the NBA? Kind of flip-flops. But the NHL is clearly number four. So if they were, you know, we all talk about what an amazing opportunity this would be for Major League Baseball to be back. What an amazing opportunity it would be for the NHL if they can get their ducks in a row and be the first sport to return. And then, of course, the Major League Baseball story is what's new there? Nothing. The Associated Press reported yesterday the Players Association did respond to the MLB on the health protocols. But, of course, that's something that I think that everybody, even with the this, the dissension between the sides, I think that everybody kind of thinks that they would be able to come up with some agreements on that. The real issue is the the elephant in the room that nobody's really kind of touching on right now, and that is, of course, the, the economic issue. And it's just frustrating as a baseball fan wanting to have sports back, wanting to have baseball back. And it seems like, you know, with the rush here, guys, it's, it's time to, to get around to it that – it doesn't seem like that Major League Baseball is moving fast enough to get something done and get something done in the right frame of time to, to, to get up and running by the time that they want of, of July. All right, it's going to do it for today. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday at 5, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.